because she made me every morning step in front of the mirror and say one nice thing about myself, one thing, one positive thing. And, and truly that made all the difference. And I'm going to try not to cry on this podcast, but that moment, the first time she made me do it, like I can like visualize it to this day. And she made me get up and do it every morning. And did I hate doing it? Yes. But did I learn to love myself a little more each day? Absolutely. Hey, beautiful friends, Faith here, and you're listening to my podcast, Redefine Beautiful. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired to learn from your past, tackle your fitness journey on a deeper level, and most importantly, redefine what we've been told is the definition of beauty for so many years. Together, we are going to address the mindset of fitness and discover the beauty that is in each and every one of us. So let's dive in. How's it going, Faith? It's going good. We are diving into episode two of Redefine Beautiful. I'm super excited. We had so much great feedback. I was really overwhelmed with how many people not only wanted to listen, actually listened, um, and then gave me such great feedback. I was kind of surprised. You know, I didn't get a ton of feedback on the accent or anything. I thought there were going to be a <laughs> lot more comments on that, but... No, I mean, you know, great feedback. Pretty cool. I didn't know that that many people would tune in to listen to us talk for 35 minutes. Yeah. But here yeah, we are. No, we, had a, we had a good first run episode. So yeah. that was great. I did have someone on Instagram said they loved both of our accents. So <laughs> I guess the verdict's out. We both have accents. You know, I just, I don't, I don't hear it in your voice. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hear it in yours. I do yeah. remember a time when you said you didn't hear your accent. So I think the more I've gotten into listening to audio and, <laughs> and actually listening, listening to, to your people, voice. <laughs> yeah, listening to people talk and things like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely noticed it. And, and two, we've recorded our voices more and more over the years. Oh, so sure. now I'm like, all right, oh, all right, that's it. Yeah, it's for there. sure. But we're taking this time to record a podcast. One child is playing with the neighbors. One child is sleeping. So got to take this opportunity when we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> see how long she's sleeping. I like everyone to know that Evan has a very loud voice. Yeah, um, so I can't tune it down. He can't. He, he doesn't have a whisper voice. A lot of people asked when the next episode was coming out. So I do want to let you guys know that we are planning to uh, drop an episode weekly for you guys. So we will see how that goes. Yeah. Well, it excites uh, me. And I, and I feel like jumping on here and just kind of chatting and diving in actually is, um, I enjoy it. So. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, we're hoping sure. to bring this to you guys weekly. If you guys want to suggest any topics that you would like us to cover, you can absolutely do that on our Instagram post over at lifting.faith. And if you're watching it on YouTube, you're probably going to see Moose walking around <laughs> in the background. That's our dog. So we'll see what he does. He's excited to have the house to roam to himself right now. For sure. <laughs> he's, he's looking for snacks. Yeah. You know, one thing that's crazy, because you, you can see with the statistics with your podcast, you had a couple of people from Australia, <laughs> some from Canada. So you're just... Oh, I'm sure they really enjoyed the <laughs> accent. <laughs> no, it's so great to see so many different people um, catching that episode. And, and I'm sure people will go back and grab it as well. But... I feel like that was a really powerful one, and I hope to bring as much energy and knowledge with each episode. I'm it'll really be, excited about that. It'll be cool, too, like once you kind of 
dig into your story a little bit more. After that, we can start bringing in, you know, maybe some special guests and things like yeah, that. So I'm totally, if you're interested, exactly, <laughs> just yeah, tell us and yeah. we can bring you on. We, we had some people mention that. So we, we're definitely looking to do that in the future. So if you have a story to tell, please reach out. You can send me a DM directly, post in the comments. I'm taking note of all of you that have mentioned it so far. So we've got some good things coming. I'm excited. For sure. For sure. This was looking at my feed, so I was a little distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please leave that in? Yes. He just right. loves you so much. All right, guys. So we're going to be diving into episode two. On today's episode, we will be talking about eating disorders, the different types, and my own personal struggles with them, and what I've learned from them. If this is a trigger for you, I just wanted to go ahead and let you know that's what we would be talking about. If anyone out there is struggling with an eating disorder or knows someone struggling, just know you're not alone. There is help, there is hope, and we've all got your back. You know, so one of the things we talked about last time as we were digging into your story a little bit, you had some stuff going on in high school. And, you know, I think that kind of cultivated itself in the form of an eating disorder. So this episode, thought it'd be a good idea just to dig into that a little bit more. You know, one of the things you've talked about, a lot of your clients may have faced that in the past and, you know, as well as people listening and, and everything. So thought that'd be a good idea to dig into that a little For bit more. Sure. And with that, there are several different types of eating disorders. And I think there's one that many people actually struggle with and they don't even realize that it's an actual eating disorder, which is binge eating disorder. I think that's probably the most common and the most undiagnosed just because, again, people don't realize that it it truly is a disorder and it has so many effects on your daily life and things of how, how you react to things. So basically what a binge eating disorder is, is where you just eat an excessive amount of food in a short amount of time. And now, now, now that you hear the definition, maybe you are like, oh, yeah, I used to do that. I currently do that. I've done that, that type thing. And and it goes to say, this isn't just something that women have. Men face this as well. For sure. It's said to be 30 million people have faced an eating disorder today. Like right now, people are facing that. So it's definitely an issue. And I don't think it's one that's going away. But I do think it's one that we can unpack and kind of dive into sometimes how, how they happen, some ways to resolve them. And if you're currently dealing with them, how you can seek help as well. So there are two other types of eating disorders that I'm going to touch base on. There are a couple other ones that I won't touch on today, but the other two are anorexia, which is just one where you restrict how much food you eat. So a lot of times you're skipping meals and then you're also over-exercising. So a lot of times this one is easier to spot just because you can see somebody's body just look malnourished. It's, you know, it's easy to see that. And then the third one, which is the one when I was 17, I had bulimia where you'll eat and then you'll go to the bathroom and discard what you ate. So all three are are definitely something that is going to affect your physical health, your mental health, um, all those things. And it really... There's so many different reasons why people have eating disorders. A lot of times it can be triggered by something that's happened in their past, their need to want to control some part of their life, which was a big aspect for me. I felt like my life kind of just seemed all over the place. Finding a purpose was hard. Again, I was 17. 
at 17, it is hard. I was just kind of at a point where I just didn't know which way to go. On In episode one, we talked about kind of like my my upbringing and a lot of that was starting to come to light at that age. And, and I felt it was a time where I just felt like I was unlovable and and I, and I truly felt like there were, there was just like, I was just such a hard person to love and I couldn't understand why. And so this was my way of taking some control in my life. It was something I thought I could control. And at the end of the day, for me, it was also, and, and I want everyone to hear me out. It was a way for me to get attention, not because I wanted all eyes on me attention, because a lot of times what happens is we want somebody to ask us if we're okay. We want somebody to say, hey, is everything okay with you? And a lot of times when we don't get that, we find a way to make people ask if we're okay. And so that's what I mean by when it's, a, you know, a form of getting attention. I don't mean, right. yeah. You weren't like, yeah. you know, making a scene to like, let's say, get you know, the bathroom, something like that. Right. Like you're talking about in the sense that. You were, I wasn't showing off. Yeah. Yeah. So. You, you were in a situation where you were, you were more or less changing your physical appearance so that somebody would notice. Would notice, for sure. So, yeah, so I don't want anyone to take what I'm saying and say that, you know, people have eating disorders because they want this attention of like, oh, look at me. No, it's ask me if I'm okay. Right. And and a lot of times, you know, when you're a kid, kids, I mean, when you're 17 years old, like we're, we're in that prime of having problems, like nothing right. seems right. And it's funny because, you know, I look at like, 21 year old me and versus 17 year old me. And I was like, uh, why was I worried about like, um, and then as I get older, there's always something else, something bigger you're gonna have to deal with. But at the time that was, that was the moment I was in. And, and I truly did feel out of control. I felt like there, I, and I did feel like no one was listening. And, to, but to be fair, I wasn't talking about it either. It right. was something that I had suppressed for many years. And like I mentioned in episode one, it's something like my past, I would just kind of laugh about. And the thing is, we don't sit down and talk about the things that, you know, are past and things that have hurt us. And if we don't talk about them, they're going to continue to hurt us. For sure. Well, and you get to put in a position. So you're 17, you know, so thinking back to that age for you, you know, most people graduate high school around 18 or so, but... At that point, you're looking at graduating because you graduated a year yeah. early. Kind of a high-pressure year for you, probably. For sure. This was my senior year. Yeah, you're looking at colleges. You're thinking about where you're wanting to go. So probably an all-around high-pressure year. For sure. And and really, truly, just trying to figure out where I was going to go, what I was going to do um, in that next part of my life, it really was a lot. And I think it's a lot for anyone at that age. But I also had those things that I hadn't dealt with as a child, as a young teen, that we're all kind of coming to light. And it's funny when you're in high school, you feel like, oh, I should have found love. And I, you know, and I look back and I'm like, I don't okay. know. I don't know about high school. <laughs> I look back. Well, in the moment, though, yeah. that's how you feel like, especially when those around you have, you know. I'm not going to say there wasn't a guy trying because there definitely <laughs> was, you know. I'd, in fact, from you the know, seventh grade. But. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. But it was one of those moments where I was like, I truly felt like, no one loved me, and I couldn't have been more far from the truth. I did have a family that loved me. It was just one of those things where it was just kind of hard to like figure out my emotions, figure out what I wanted to do, and and it did stem into having an eating disorder. And I can't tell you a time like how long, you know, I had that for, but it definitely was one of those things that I hid a lot more in the beginning, and then I slowly mm -hmm. started kind of like 
I don't want to say I was making it more obvious, but I was definitely hiding it less. Right. Um, and, and that's when people start to notice. And for me, I was lucky enough that my sister did notice. My mom started to notice. Could have been my sister telling her. But, you know, in the end, thanks, girl. But it, it was one of those things where I, you know, they sat me down and had to come to Jesus meeting. It was like, you're not doing this. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to do this. And I will say that was probably when I felt the least beautiful in my life. I felt like everyone around me was prettier, was smarter. Everyone was in relationships and always out doing stuff. And I just felt kind of like, like stuck. And I, and again, I didn't feel pretty and I didn't feel wanted and I didn't feel loved. And, and this was my way. I did start to, to look thinner. Not that that's always a good thing because I look back at pictures and I was like, what was I thinking? For sure. Yeah. You look healthy now, you know, looking back at pictures of how skinny you were and things like that. I definitely didn't pick up on that in high school. I'm sure a lot of other people didn't as well, but yeah, you know, looking at you now compared to your healthy weight versus then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was too much. Yeah. It was definitely too much. And, and even then I, I realized it, but there was like, there's like a point if you have an eating disorder where it's like such a mental thing. You're like, how much is too much? And if it wasn't for my sister and my mom kind of intervening and saying, listen, you are loved. You are beautiful. I definitely, you know, would not have had that reminder that I was worthy. I was beautiful. I was enough. And my mom, she made me every morning step in front of the mirror, look at myself and say one nice thing about myself, one thing, one positive thing. And, and truly that made all the difference. And I'm going to try not to cry on this podcast, but I mean, we're episode two and I'm already getting teary eyed, but, but that moment, the first time she made me do it, like I can like visualize it to this day. And she made me get up and do it every morning. And did I hate doing it? Yes. But did I learn to love myself a little more each day? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm, you know, people that I work with that are in my challenges and stuff, that's something I constantly tell them. I tell them to remind themselves that they are pretty, that they are smart, that they are worthy. So many things that I feel like a lot of people are so easy to pick out their flaws. And one of the things that made me realize that I, even at an older age, needed to be kinder to myself was knowing that my children were listening to me. For sure. So how can I teach them to love themselves at every stage if I'm not doing it as well? So standing in front of the mirror, telling myself one nice thing about myself, where my daughter can hear me is still important, yeah. especially on those days where I'm feeling a little, eh. Yeah. you know, it's one of those things that I still practice. Do I do it every day? No. Should I? Probably. But it's definitely one of those things that I encourage, you know, if you are feeling a little off, if you're feeling like you're noticing all your flaws and, and all that, I do encourage you just to step in front of the mirror, truly look at yourself, say one nice thing, you know, remind yourself of who you are, how far you've come, and where you're going. Yeah, that's something good to know, especially as a parent. You know, it's, it's great to know that there are things that you can do when you notice maybe something like that happening with your children where they're just not feeling confident. I mean, I, I do personally feel there's a lot of power in words. Looking at yourself in the mirror and saying that over and over, you know, you may not believe it in the beginning, but I think that the more you say it, that starts to have an impact and starts oh, yeah. to rewire the way that you you speak it into existence you start to feel the emotion behind what you're saying for sure 
Oh, no, I totally agree. And I and I think the main thing is, is seeing the signs. And sometimes there are signs and sometimes there aren't. So I think, you know, I touched up briefly in the beginning, you know, people just want to be asked if they're okay. Yeah. And, and even the people that really like just look like they have it all together, that doesn't mean they're always okay. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that there's always a problem. Right. But, you know, asking those around you if they're okay how they're doing on a, even a weekly basis, you know, mm-hmm. check in a couple times a month. It, it does make a difference because sometimes that's all we want. Like as people, men, women, kids, teens, adults, we just want somebody to ask. And that opens the door for, you know, when these things do come up, you can intervene. You can come and talk to them and not, you know, they're going to hear you if you already have that kind of dialogue already going on. Well, and I think that's good to just be aware of kind of maybe some signs that somebody's going through something like that. Going back to thinking about you in high school, I personally didn't recognize it, but maybe people even closer to you could have picked up on it. And they did. Yeah. So your sister did. I think somebody that sees you on a daily basis, they're going to see that. They're going to notice. Yeah. They're going to see that for sure. Especially again, some of them are easier to detect than others. But for me, I think the one thing that my sister picked up on was that I would eat and then go straight to the bathroom and it, and it started to become routine. And obviously I was starting to lose weight. And and in my mind, I thought I needed to lose weight. Mm. And looking back, I was like, gosh, like, what was I thinking? But I've obviously gained a lot of knowledge since that era of my life. And I know some days I'm like, man, if I could just be that when I thought I, you know, it's like. Well, I wonder if then were you, this is kind of a side note here, but were you looking at yourself in the mirror or were you weighing yourself and kind of thinking that or was it a combination of both? Uh, I think it was more so just the mirror. I don't, I, I don't feel like there was a time where I was weighing myself. Right. I don't even know if we had a scale. (laughs) Well, because I was thinking too, like, I think some people get caught up on like the scale stuff. Yeah. One of the craziest things I think you've ever showed me is that it was two comparisons and it was one where this was like before you started working out and started eating better and you weighed, you know, X amount. And then after that, when you started eating healthier and you started working out, you were at the same weight in both the photos. Yeah. But so the actually, difference in body composition. Yeah. yeah, it was just crazy. I have two photos and I'll definitely post that on my Instagram feed, that picture that you're talking about, because in that photo, I actually got down to my lowest weight, which was 114. Right. And sure, I didn't weigh a lot, but I looked like I, somebody could just like snap my little baby arms in half. I did bulk. And which is also another mental uh, thing that we'll have to get into on a different time. But I did do a bulk. I put on some beautiful lean muscle and I actually weighed more mm-hmm. after my cut from that. So I actually weighed more, but I I felt better. I looked better. 114 is not a good weight for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's funny because sometimes you have to go through that to realize, okay. Yeah, um, but it yeah. gets you, it does like really show perspective that the scale does not determine, 100%. Uh, you know, the scale doesn't take into account how hard you're working, how much lean muscle you're building. For sure. Um, so I, I feel like that visual is actually like so spot on, but it took me going through that process of dropping down to 114 to realize that wasn't cute, and that I wanted to add muscle. Just around that moment or around that time is when I realized, okay, so the scale really doesn't matter. So I don't want to say this when I broke up with my scale, but the relationship was a little different. (laughs) We'll have to do a whole podcast on that. That's one thing I know I kind of brought up when we were doing a a live Q&A session. For sure. And you definitely went on that topic. So I think that we can do a whole whole 
Yeah. yeah. We'll save that for another time because that, yeah. that is, I think, a great topic. For sure. Because yeah. we all have that mindset. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I feel but like. But I think it's beat into people's heads it that is. where some people made in a way, develop an eating disorder because they're paying so much attention to the scale and their body's kind of doing something else where you're starting to work out, you're building muscle and that's more dense. So, you know, you're going to look smaller, but you're going to weigh, you could possibly weigh more. For sure. There's a yeah. lot behind it. There's a lot to unpack there. And we uh, see, definitely I, I've will. I've learned some too. Evan has learned so much um, yeah, just by right. the, the dialogue, but also editing everything that I say. Editing so, every video that goes out the door for you. Yeah. Social so media is, stuff. Evan is, yeah. um, he's learning. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm like the best at implementing it at all times because... <laughs> you know there, what you there, need to do. There was at one point a time where I could eat like two pizzas. So kind of, you know, you were talking about binge yeah. eating and stuff. And I was like, well, I mean, I feel like that's... I was definitely binge eating. I yeah. mean, you know, you could... And this was like on a Friday night, you know, I could yeah. crush a pizza well, and I saying. wouldn't see any ramifications yeah. of it. Like I, I just was like, whatever, like I love right. eating, so I'd eat it and... It wasn't until, you know, I personally started paying more attention to it when I realized I could actually gain weight. So Yeah, like, when okay. that metabolism kicked yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, 30 is about the time I've lost yeah. mine. So. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I feel like a lot of people don't realize, and that's why I say, you know, those numbers out there that say so many people have, you know, eating yeah. disorders, those are the ones that they know about. Well, when you put that one into there, that makes sense to me because, Well, and I think yeah. that's the most under-recognized one yeah. because people don't think it's a problem, but it is. You're 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 constantly, especially a lot of times it happens when you restrict so much right. uh, that yeah. you binge. It's, for sure. it's, and But it's a cycle. So you're in this routine that you're doing great mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks and then you're so restrictive. Like that's why, you know, when you're cutting out major food groups, whole macro groups, that's... Right. That's where this binging comes in because you were so restricted and now you're binging and you're just in the cycle back and forth, back and forth. And and For it sure. is a disorder and, and it can mess with you mentally. And it's one of those things that I don't think is talked about enough. And I feel like that's why people don't see it as a disorder. But a lot of times all it takes is just somebody sharing just the simple definition of what it is to be like, that is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've been there. I, you know, through my whole journey, that was, that was something that was a part of my journey at one point until I realized, you know, you can eat a well-balanced diet. I personally like the counting macros when you're starting out just because it kind of gives you, you're taking it all the things in that you need, yeah. not um, eliminating anything per se, but within reason. And then your ultimate goal should always be to intuitively eat, to listen yeah. to your body. And that comes with time and practice, but you have to get that mental side down of of, of truly giving up, like the scale has to truly not matter. You have to break that before you can get to that intuitive eating. Right. Because if you haven't broke that barrier, the intuitive eating is just going to be you binge eating. It's just, yeah. it's just going to go right back to it. So you, gotta, you can rationalize very quickly. I will say like, you know, let's say we're going out to eat or something like that. And I'll think back to, oh yeah, earlier today I had this, that, like, you really quickly say, oh, I didn't eat much like yeah. at lunch or I didn't eat this much at, at breakfast. So I think you almost have to train your your body sure. to kind of think or your your mind to think that way. Oh, for sure. And I think I think so much of our lives revolve around food. And that's why you, sure. that's why you need such a good relationship with it. You've got to be able to eat the things that are, quote unquote, should be restricted or, yeah. you know, the unhealthy food. I, so one of the biggest things people ask me is, is this food healthy? And I'm like, well, it's all relative to what you ate the rest of the day. Right, right. There has to be a balance. And I think that's, you know, we throw out that 80-20. So eat 
mm-hmm. you know, good 80% of the time, you know. But I don't like to call food good or bad because food is, food is fuel and that's what it should be. Except it for shouldn't McDonald's. Be. <laughs> McDonald's is bad. McDonald's is terrible. Y'all, he... He, I know what he's getting at because he knows how much I love McDonald's. <laughs> um, but I mean, it is terrible for you, but I'm yeah. still going to eat it. But I'm going to eat it in moderation. That's right. So I'm not binge eating all of McDonald's. <laughs> all of McDonald's. Yeah. So we got on a little bit of a tangent there. Started talking <laughs> about McDonald's and things like that. Bringing it back to what, you know, somebody like we had talked about before a couple of times, you know, somebody on the outside looking in, what are some things that people can look for? Like I've mentioned before, I definitely, you know, not that we were like insanely close back in high school, but I was a bystander for sure. Your sister picked up on it. But just what are some things that you can look for and kind of just be aware that somebody's going through something or they're developing an eating disorder What are some things you can look for? Yeah, so we briefly mentioned, you know, if somebody is constantly going to the bathroom after each meal, and I mean like eats and then directly goes to the bathroom. And if it's a pattern where they eat directly go to the bathroom, if you hear them in the bathroom, that's usually a clear sign that that's what's going on. But also more to the anorexia, if somebody has that, typically that one's a little bit more noticeable on the physical side because they're going to drop weight super fast. You'll notice that they're... If somebody's constantly skipping meals, especially when they're younger, kind of that, you know, high school era, they are, if you notice that they're skipping meals and stuff like that, um, especially when they, they play sports and stuff, yeah. they, they shouldn't, they truly shouldn't be skipping meals. And so for me, I was playing sports and I was heavily into it. And at that and, stage of your life, you can probably, I mean, depending on your body size and stuff, but you can consume a crazy amount of calories absolutely. when you're, yeah, when you're playing high school sports. So that would be super, you know, abnormal for somebody to skip lunch, dinner. Right. So that, you know, that was another, you know, that's another sign. But again, you know, if somebody is excessively exercising and still kind of really skimping on meals, like if they'll skip a meal. And I know a lot of people like to skip breakfast. I don't know why. And I think that's one. It's just time. People get to rush in and all that stuff, getting the kids out the door. So, yeah. Yeah. So that one might be, yeah, (laughs) so that one, I mean, a lot of people, you know, again, skip breakfast, but if they're skipping lunch or dinner, things like that, you know, that's, that's more of a sign. And then if you know anyone that's going through something, if they've had a major life event, if they've lost someone close to them, or for me, it was, you know, a little bit had to do with being taken away from my family and stuff like that, you know, that, that had, that played a role. And I, and again, I didn't deal with it like I should have at the time. And it was just one of those things that kept lingering and lingering. And so just check on your friends. If they have big major life events or if they've had one in the past and you feel like they're being a little reserved, poke at them, see what, see what you can get out of them. And, and most importantly though, just let them know that no matter what's going on, whether they open up to you or not, let them know that you're there for them. Give them that outlet. Should they need it? Should they choose to use it? Always be an open door to them. Yeah, because that's one thing I was going to ask, like, what would you recommend or like, how would you approach that? Like, obviously, you don't want to offend somebody. But I think, you know, if you're close enough with somebody and you're in that much of a trusted position with them. Well, and if you know for sure, it's a little bit different than if you're just suspicious. Yeah, yeah. So, so at first, I, you know, leave the door up and let them, give them the opportunity to come to you. For me, I... (laughs) Again, when it's your family and they're just like, no, we're not doing this. It's yeah. a little different, but I needed that wake up call. I needed yeah. them to be like. So dig into that a little bit more. What What are you talking about there? Um, 
happen. So just like whenever, like my sister's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, okay. she's just kind of, <laughs> kind of real with it. And, but I, but also with my personality, I need people to be real with me. I yeah. need like, let's just you cut need, to the you chase. You need a stern talking to sometimes. Every, every now and then, <laughs> every now and then. Not that I'm um, the one that gives the stern talking to. He knows but. better. Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I might need to edit that out. No, no the, let the people know. Something happened to me. <laughs> Concerning that that was in a podcast. I'm just oh <laughs> man, I, I won't leave anything in you the podcast. You do watch a lot of true crime podcasts, so you know. Uh, you know. Yeah, but anywho, <laughs> but for real. Um, back to that though. Yeah, they they were a little bit more stern with me, but again, at the age of seventeen. Yeah. I it feel depends like on the person. For it sure. depends on the person. Yeah. And also I do, do think it depends on the age and some people are more fragile and need a little bit. You kind of have to ease into it, but just giving people that outlet, also giving them resources to know where they can get help. There are plenty of websites out there, hotlines and things like that, that if you don't want to talk to somebody that you're close with, you're your family, your friends, your significant other, you know, there are outlets out there for you to speak to somebody. A brief emission by Ella coming in getting water. Fun. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not comfortable talking to your significant other, your friend, your family, there are definitely resources out there for you. You can seek counseling, but there's also hotlines and things that you can reach out to. So there's the nationaleatingdisorder.org. They have plenty of resources out there. You can text, you can call. They they have everything you're kind of looking for out there. So if you or someone you know is struggling, get some help reach out, whether you're reaching out to them or they're reaching out to you, be that outlet for them. Give them that opportunity and just ultimately ask people how they're doing. You know, let's get down to the root of what's causing, you know, the eating disorder. Kind of just let them know that they're not alone. These things that they're feeling, they're not invalid. You know, they have these feelings, but help them kind of break them down and show them that there's other ways to take control of their lives. All right, for those of you out there listening, if you have a story to tell or just want to keep that conversation going, be sure to head over to lifting.faith on Instagram, find the post of today's podcast, and just let us know what you're thinking and keep that dialogue going. Thanks for having me on again. I mean, I made it around too, so I know. we'll see how I long think this... That, I think that people like you. Yeah, well, they, they tolerate <laughs> me at least until you find a, a better no. co-host, and then I'm just, I get the boot, so... No, we won't boot you. So where to next? What's up next on the podcast? Um, I don't know. I would like to know what people want to hear. So yeah, if you guys have anything, and I'll put something in my story if you guys want to drop any um, suggestions of what you want to hear, because I definitely want to make this about you guys and what you want to hear, what you guys want to unpack, what topics that you're facing, you know, mentally, physically, and, and kind of how they tie together. You might have something that you're facing on the physical side or even the nutrition side and there's a whole nother side that you're missing which is that mindset and again that's the whole point of redefine beautiful is we want to break down those mental barriers that tell us that we're not beautiful that hold us back for so many reasons thank you for tuning in to today's episode it means the world to me I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, who also happens to be my husband, Evan, for making this podcast possible. If you're ready to kickstart your own fitness journey, be sure to head over to www.redefinebeautifulpodcast.com to sign up for one of my free programs. Until next time, stay beautiful.